Get your rub on with Addicted to... Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Addicted to the Q. We are Brian and Brad. With us tonight is a special guest, Christy Vanover. I don't know if you know her, but she's with Girls Can Grill. Maybe she can teach my wife to grill. <laughs> Beside the point. <laughs> uh, before we get into talking with her, I want to shout out all of our sponsors. We have King Louis Meat Apostle, Hunsecker Smokers, Inkbird, Butcher's Barbecue, Rum Runners, uh, Springer Mountain Farms. And is that it? Great. I'm doing it off the fly. Good charcoal. Oh, my gosh. The good charcoal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just picked them up. Sorry. Um, tonight's question. What, what were we doing? Tonight's question. What is the coldest temperatures you've cooked in at a competition? Leave us that question or that answer in the comments. And right now we are going to go straight into what you've all been waiting for. Brad with the first interrogation question, interview question. So I want to hear the answer to the main question. What's the coldest temperature and what contest was it that you cooked in? I, I don't think I've cooked in anything that was much below freezing. Um, I live in the Southwest, so I would say the hottest temperature I've cooked in is probably like 115. Um, but the coldest, um, I can't even think of a time. Maybe there was some frost in Slabarama this past year on the grass, but yeah, I, I, it was maybe 32. But yeah, no, nothing too drastic. I think I've only cooked in rain at a competition once also in Arizona. That's sounds miserable, the heat, though. I, I cooked the Invitational in Kansas, and it was like 105. Mm. And by the time I got everything set up, I had a headache from heck, and I was like, I it was miserable that whole night. I was, ugh. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I guess you're used to it. in Vegas, so. <laughs> it's very true. So, when did you start competing, and what made you start competing? Yeah, so I think it was, well, I originally started competing in food sport in general in about 2012 with the World Food Championships. I was doing like burger competitions and um, I think sandwich competitions. And then at one of those competitions, I think it was the 2014 competition, I they had the whole barbecue stuff set up. And um, I just was walking around and saw different pitmasters competing. I was like, this is pretty cool. What the heck is this? Um and then it was actually at that time that I transitioned and started my blog, Girls Can Grill. I got a big green egg at the end of that competition. Um, Dr. Barbecue was there. And they he he and I had become friends um, over the past year. And, and he's like, hey, we got these grills and we don't want to ship them back to Atlanta. Do you want one? And I was like, yes, please. And I didn't really know much about grilling at that time. I knew Well, I knew how to grill, but I didn't know how to really like smoke and barbecue. And so I got that grill. Um, that was, like I said, 2014 started my website in 2015. And I, as I was learning to barbecue, I like would share my experiences and recipes. Um, and then I think it was 20 late 2016, I did another backyard cook. And then 2017 in the spring, I did my, my first competition cook. Nice. So how'd the first competition cook go? 
Good. I so I went to a competition class first from uh, Luton Booty Barbecue with Sterling Smith, um, mm -hmm. Smitty, as many people know him. And I'm so glad I did before I went into my first competition cook because otherwise my boxes would have looked like complete garbage. And he really walked through the steps and like made me understand about trimming chicken thighs and how to lay brisket and just build your box in general. So um, the first competition, they actually called to 12th place for some reason. I don't know why, but I got a 12th place call in brisket. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm hooked. And I, I didn't get any other calls beyond that. But it's we always joke now when we see new teams and they get that call, we're like, oh, they're hooked. They're sold because that, that's always what does it for us, too. Yep. I was at a competition and the guy got his first call and the, the uh, organizer said, now it's downhill slope to a 40 foot toy hauler. It's so <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, I'll let you ask the next one. Well, mine was going to be, what is the biggest competition you've ever done? Well, do you mean as quantity, like of teams? Quantity, correct. Um, actually, it's probably the same one. Then It's, it's the Jack, I would say. Um, yep. Yeah, because there's close to 100 teams uh, the past two years that I've cooked that. And I can't think of other than on the southwest side of things. I think the biggest one is Slabarama, which is in Arizona, which we've just had. And that's close to 60 teams. You ever going to make it to the Royal? Yeah, we were talking about that before the show started. So I've qualified for the Royal. Um, I just, because I live in Vegas, driving to Kansas and then driving home and then driving to the Jack in Tennessee is just way too much. So any year that I qualify for the Jack, I'm not going to cook the Royal. Yeah. Um, I'll cook the Jack. And so um, the past two years when I qualified for the Royal, I actually got the draw to the Jack. So I chose the Jack, but I've judged the, the Royal and I've um, just hung out at the Royal, but I just haven't cooked it yet. Nice. Is there, is there a lot of contests in Nevada that make it a, that, so if you win a good contest there, you pretty much get close to getting a good Jack draw for it. We have one contest in Nevada a year. <laughs> oh, actually I think last year we had two, but that one, or maybe it was 2022. We had two, we had um, one up North near Reno and then one down here by us in Vegas. Um, but the one in Vegas, the Boulder city one that happens every year. I won that one in 2022, which is how I got an auto to the Jack. And then yep. last year I won, I think it was Indio or San Juan Capistrano in California um and ended up getting the nevada hometown draw um to go to the jack again in 2023 gotcha that's really cool yeah it helps that not a lot of teams in nevada win all the time so steve-o's barbecue and i are pretty much the top two teams in nevada we always are chasing each other for points um and so he got to go to the jack last year too because he won an arizona comp um and, but so I'm also fortunate in that aspect. It's not like I live in Texas or Kansas where there's like, like dozens of teams rattling off GCs every weekend. So that helps. Yeah. Daddy Dutch barbecue, Pender, Nebraska. It was eight degrees at cook time. High for the day was 14 degrees. No, thank you. Wow. Yeah. Keep that up there. Keep that up there. <laughs> Heck, even the contest I did last March, my feet got cold and it was, I was just, it was hard to recover just from that. But yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the heat, but I would rather have that, I think, than the cold. I don't. Yeah. No. Well, it's easier with your cookers too. Like if your cookers get too cold, you know, it that can be a challenge, especially if there's wind where if it's too hot, that's that it's never, that's never going to be a problem. So. Yeah. Be like Smitty last year where he was joking that he had six pellets lit and it was his smoker was running at 300 degrees. 
But here, so what do you cook on for competition? Definitely Hunsakers. I've got, I call them my honeys. Um, I've got three uh, Chevy orange. That's what color they're painted with the logo plates. And I've had them since 2017, I think, but I run my brisket pork and ribs on a, a separate drum. And then when my pork's done, I pull that off and throw my chicken on my pork drum. So is that the extra drum Hunsaker has at his shop? Is that yours? I don't think so. Does he have another orange one there? Yes, he does. Is he just waiting for me to get it? I, I don't know. I asked him about it because I was telling Brad last week and I go, you know, I'd like to get that and paint it the General Lee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, yes. I actually got a, a mini orange one. I got a 30 gallon that I had him do up for me because I was thinking I was going to use that one for my chicken. Um, but just trailer space, the three fit perfectly. And I really don't need a fourth one because of the way my timeline runs. My chicken works fine on my pork drum. But I love that mini one in my backyard. And I've also got a um, one of the Black Jack Daniels ones in my backyard, too. Nice. So how many cookers do you think you have total? Around 30 or so right now. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm fortunate that I work with a lot of brands. Um, I work with barbecue guys. I do expert reviews for them. So I get a lot of grill companies who send me grills to do reviews on them and to give my honest feedback about them and so that they can make them better. Um, I just got a, the master built auto ignite. That one just came in on Friday. I just got the GE indoor smoker, which is the first indoor smoker. So I'm really curious about that when I saw it at the consumer electronics show, but then I've also got multiple gas grills. Um, a couple big green eggs, Kamado Joe, some fire pits, uh, Nasado Cross, the Santa Maria style, a few ninjas, pizza ovens, yeah, all sorts of all sorts of stuff. Well, if you're getting rid of any, Brad and I will gladly drive out to your place. Okay, all right. I get rid of them all the time. I'll donate them to friends or fire departments or I mean whoever because I can't. I mean, once I test them and use them, and a new model comes out, you know, I kind of need space. So. Yes. Yeah. My wife yells at me because I have like 11 or 12 and she's like, this garage is getting overtaken by grills. <laughs> and they're like fishing poles. You can't have too many of them. Right, right. I mean, some women collect shoes. I collect grills. <laughs> so do you have a favorite thing to cook, competition or not? What is your favorite thing to yeah, cook? Yeah, brisket by far. Brisket's always been my favorite. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's because it, it tastes so good. I think it's the one that I enjoy eating the most. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably why. And just my process. It just, it's, I don't know. It's methodical. It doesn't always hit. I mean, some, I, you know, I had a comp recently. I don't remember where it was. I think California, um, where I was below half of the pack, which is crazy. Um, because at the Jack two years ago, I got fifth place in brisket. So, um, you know, it, that, that's how competition barbecue is though. You get your mm -hmm. good days, your bad days. And I'm always cooking snake river farms gold. Um, I separate my flat and my point and I cook hot and fast. Does elevation affect brisket and how it gets done? Does it affect how bad does it affect your timeline? One hundred percent. Elevation affects my cook in general two ways. One is the fire. You need more oxygen to get that fire burning as hot as I want it to burn. Since I cook hot and fast, I cook like three twenty-five around for my brisket. Um, anywhere from three hundred to three fifty, really, for my brisket. And I find that when I'm in a high elevation environment, I have to open, since I'm cooking on Hunsakers, I have to open the bottom vent all the way up. And sometimes I have to have the top all the way open too. And I usually have to light my pits like like an hour and a half before I put my meat on instead of 45 minutes if I'm at a lower elevation. Um, and then because water boils at a lower temperature, 
you will lose moisture in your meat a lot faster when you're cooking at a higher elevation. So what I'll actually do is I'll either look on my, um, just on my phone to see what elevation we're at. And then I have a chart that tells me what the boiling temperature of water is, or I'll just throw a pot of water on my stove inside my trailer and put my thermopen in it and see what the temperature is. And that boiling point is really what I'm focused on for my cook temperature. So I don't get so caught up saying, Oh, I got to get it to 210, 212, whatever. I, I know that if it feels right at, at 205, then it probably is right. Like you got to go with the feel more than the, the number. Um, but it's hard when like my mind's trained, take it to 210, take it to 212. That's where I'm, that's where my sweet spot is. But I, that's why I boil the water first. Cause I'm like, just trust the 205 or wherever I'm at. Um, and, and your, your mop can dry out. I was cooking in Sholo, mm -hmm. Arizona once. Um, I don't know. I think it was like 5,000 or 7,000 feet. And I fortunately cooked two, which I don't ever cook two briskets, but for this comp I did. Um, and one of them was okay. The Wagyu that I cooked was okay. The, the prime that I cooked, all the moisture evaporated. And when I unwrapped that foil, it was just like a piece of charcoal. It was horrendous. Um, so definitely if you're cooking at high altitude, check your check your mop more frequently because, because water boils at a lower temperature, you're going to boil out all your moisture quicker. That is... That is very interesting advice. I wouldn't have, but I guess the air thinner is also why it takes, you have to get more, more airflow to your drum to get it to your temp. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And that's actually really good information. So do you think that cooking at higher altitudes makes you a better cook in general because you know how to adjust timelines and adjust your cook on the fly if things don't always go the way it's supposed to? Sure. I think it definitely makes me more diverse. And, but I would say I only got to this point because I screwed up. Like I, like I said, I cooked in Sholo and, and I've cooked at other comps at high altitude and, and it's just not gone well. So I actually, after my Sholo experience, I reached out to three pit masters from the Rocky mountains. Um, one from Colorado, one from, I think two from Utah who cook up at higher altitudes. And I, and I asked them, I'm like, what's the science behind this? What the heck happened to my cook? And that's, what's awesome about the barbecue community is most of the time people will share what they know with each other. Um, there's very few who like hold back all the secrets. Um, yep. So yeah, they like shared everything. They let me post it on my website. So I have a whole article on my website about cooking at high altitudes, um, which is based on the information they shared. And then, yeah, just now that I have the experience and I know what to look for, um, it definitely makes me a more diverse cook that I can kind of cook in different places. So what is your website? If you want to go ahead and shout it out. Sure. Yeah. It's girlscangrill.com. Pretty easy. I've got hundreds of recipes. I've got thousands of barbecue tips ranging from anything from the backyard to competition cook stuff. I've got competition checklists and timelines and information about how to brand your team. Um, like I said, the altitude, um, and then information about my, some of my different meats. I need to update the recipes themselves because I haven't updated them in a little while. Um, but the methods are pretty much the same. Now, do you put out a line of rubs also, or have you mingled in that or? Yeah, I did. So I had a line of rubs that launched in March of 2020. Um, and now, um, I, unfortunately I think everything's sold out except my chicken and I'm getting a new co-packer. Um, I'm going to reformulate them a little bit cause they were a little bit too coarse in my opinion for competition. Um, and I'm going to uh, just adjust a few more things and get a better price point going. So hopefully I don't think it'll be out by this summer, but hopefully by this fall, they'll be back on the shelves. Awesome. Yeah. 
where where's the farthest you've traveled like you mentioned the jack so we know tennessee but like smitty goes to australia where's the <laughs> farthest you've traveled yeah mine would um for competition it's it's the jack but i've uh st augustine florida i went to last year and did a big asado cook um at asado life and i did two mm -hmm. whole hogs um over an open fire so that was that was pretty cool and fun nice like it's fun so, uh, so we know you cook a hunt sakers. What's your favorite grill to cook at at home? Like if you're just going to mess around in your backyard, you know, it depends on the day and my mood and how much effort I want to put into it. So like I did a pastrami beef shank and I threw that on my 30 gallon hunt saker, um, just cause I also really love the flavor of charcoal. Um, I cook with cowboy charcoal and I just wanted to have that on there, but I'll use my gas grill all day long. If it's a weeknight and I'm busy, I've got um, a Weber Genesis that I normally use, but I've also got a, a DCS and a, a blaze from barbecue guys. Um, but then also I'll use my pellet grill. I've got a rec tech. Um, I've got, well, I've got a couple pellet grills back there, but um, I just like the ease of that too. If I'm just throwing on chicken wings and I don't want to mess with things. So I don't really have a, a perfect answer for favorite depends on my mood. And then there's my Santa Maria. So I have my grill works, which is built into this big brick hearth, um, which is a live fire. Uh, basically, actually it's more of an Argentinian style grill. Um, but mm -hmm. it's, it's awesome when I want to like throw a party and put on a show. That's what my people give me crap about cooking on my gas grill. And I'm like, my daughter, if I don't have food going on in 10 minutes <laughs> from me getting home, she complains because she's hungry. Right. So I, if yeah. I'm cooking during the week, it's gotta be on the gas grill. Yeah. Well, and honestly, my husband gets tired of smoky barbecue flavor. I mean, I do too sometimes. Um, so he doesn't want every meal that I make to taste like barbecue. So, you know, if I'm cooking a steak or chicken or something like that, sometimes just throwing on the gas grill is great because you still get, you know, that grill experience without the flavor of smoke. Here's a question for Brian. Have you ever smoked tofu? <laughs> I think I have. Yes. <laughs> Brian has his wife's vegetarian. Think so. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I've had to learn how to do a lot of vegetarian meals. So, yeah. taking it from the stove to man, I got the grill going. Let's let's try this out. Vegetarian <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah. Well, no. I just learned about this thing called shroomacon when I was at the mm -hmm. food uh, show and it's like bacon that's made out of mushrooms and I tasted it and it's good. And I just got, I actually just ordered some, so I've got some in the freezer. I only had it sampled at their place, but um, it's not cooked on the grill, but it really tastes like bacon and it's mushrooms. So that stuff was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So being from Vegas, are you a Chiefs or 49ers for the next, next weekend? And what are you cooking for the big game? Well, Chiefs, because I lived in Kansas for seven years nice. <laughs> and, I, and I went to Kansas State University. Um, and I don't know. I think I'm going to a friend's house, actually. So I don't know what they're going to be cooking, but I'll probably bring something, whether it's smoked cream cheese or wings or well, wings, maybe not because they don't travel too well. But yeah, I don't know. Whatever they want me to bring over or they'll yeah. probably have the grills lit, too, because we're all barbecuers. So we'll probably just hang out and do that. Do you get asked to do all the cooking for your big for big festivities in your family? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I showed up to my sister's house uh, for Christmas. Hi, Kimberly, if you're watching. Um, and she just assumed that I was doing all the cooking. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but I love to cook, so it was no big deal. <laughs> but yeah, well, I covered my question. I was going to ask if you ever got tired of it. So you covered that one already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, some days I'll do my Uber Eats. I'm just like, I don't feel like it today. Um, yeah. But 
but I, I really enjoy the craft. I really enjoy creating new recipes, trying new things. I'm yep. on this kick right now with pastrami. Like I'm trying to pastrami fi. That's like a word I made up, pastrama fi, I think. But like make anything out of pastrami um, with the brine. Um, so like I'm launching my pastrami chicken wings. Actually, it's on my website, but the video will be on social this week. And I did the beef shank and I've done chuck roast before. And I've been throwing the question out there. What should I pastrami next? And I'm getting like duck. Um, pork butt, which I've never smoked a pork butt pastrami. I've done pork, pork belly burn ends pastrami. Um, but yeah, so again, I just love being creative. That's the part that. Oh, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. That's always the part I run into. I run out of, I run out of ideas for videos. You only have so many things you can make. (laughs) Right. What can I I think outside the box and do this time? Right. Bacon with marshmallow. Just saying, I'm I'm on a bacon and marshmallow kick, and just recently I switched over to what can you do with poppers. So I did like a a popper dip, and for the big game next week, and I'm going to do kind of like a uh, pepperoni rose petal with popper dip inside of it. So oh, that'd be fun. Hopefully that works out. We'll see. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm back on my marshmallow and bacon thing still too. It's like man. (laughs) I'm waiting for the bacon marshmallow rub that's supposed to be coming out. (laughs) One day, one day. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say I've done a lot with marshmallows other than like throw them on sweet potatoes. (laughs) My wife loves marshmallows. Yeah. (laughs) Brian likes dehydrated marshmallows before, but. (laughs) No, dehydrate them. So good. Yeah. Well, I just got a freeze dryer. Um, and I actually just used it th- tonight, right before the show. I did my first freeze dried Skittles on it. Um, so I'm sure freeze dried marshmallows would be good. <laughs> oh, I'd be down. I'll like buy a pound own- off of you. <laughs> <laughs> like my own lucky charms. <laughs> oh, that's what they are. Like when dehydrated, that's what they taste like. Yeah. I brought everybody a bag to the class last week and I was like, you nice. guys got to just try it. <laughs> a lot of people have them for snacks. So, when did you start? You said you judged before you started competing. How long? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're still a judge, but how how many years did you judge before you started actually cooking yourself? Oh, not much. I took the class in October of 2016, I think it was, and then I judged. I judged. My first competition was May of 2017, so I judged a couple times right before that, um, and I've judged on and off, you know, throughout my my competitive history, but I mainly wanted to do that because I'm, I'm a pretty OCD, like planner, analytical person. And I wanted to, I wanted to seat at the table to see, okay, I'm going to give my food to these strangers. What are they looking for? So I wanted to know a, what KCBS said that they should be looking for. But then I also wanted to meet the judges and just kind of hear their feedback to see what do they say afterwards about what they tasted. And, um, just so I understood the vibe, which I think helped me tremendously at the Jack. So I judged the Jack for five years And I, we all talked, we shared, you know, you don't know whose food you're judging, but you still have comments about this brisket or that brisket. And, um, just having that insider perspective, I think helped me a couple years ago when I cooked for the first time. Did being a judge kind of open your eyes though? Because like I've judged and sometimes it irritates me because I'm like, Oh, that that was one of the best food And they gave it like a seven. And I'm like, what are you doing? If that was the best food of the day, why is that not a nine? Yeah. There's some people that just will not give out nines. And I don't. Which is, I think, why it's good for teams to actually be judges so that we can kind of have that conversation with them. Um, 
I agree. There are there are people out there who just that's how they judge. And sometimes we land on those tables and sometimes we don't. But if you can kind of open their eyes and have that conversation with why did you think that was a seven? What could what could have been better? What would have given it a nine? Because um, it is it's not so much that it was it doesn't have to be the best of the day, because if the best of the day is still not great, it could still be a seven. It, it But it should be the best like you know with the new j-cup training it's supposed to be like graded on a like an academic scale so like a nine is an a you know an eight is a b so like if that person thought that that was even though it was the best of the day if it was still c work if it's still average then you know i can see that happening but if you tasted it and you're like you know that that was an eight or nine then you know it, it would just be interesting to see like have the conversation what didn't you like what could be better Exactly. That, and that's, we kind of did that because there was, mm-hmm. obviously it's the Royal. So there was one or two people at our table that were brand new, had never judged before. So we were kind of yeah. limping them along, trying to help them. And like I said, sometimes it just kind of, it doesn't aggravate me, but it kind of does in the point that I'm like, what are you, why are you judging if you don't? Yeah. I judged the Royal the one year and on the tram ride back to the parking lot, a kid who was a judge, uh, I say kid, he was like probably 16, maybe 17. Um, and he was talking about how he gave somebody a four. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, it had to be really bad. <laughs> and I, I don't think we even have fours anymore. But um, but yeah, that was uh, that was heartbreaking for whatever team that was, I'm sure. <laughs> I did give someone a five, but I wrote a comment card by it because I don't even know what it was. It was the fourth yeah. category. And oh. it was like a fried pork fritter covered in sauce. I mean, I don't even know what the mm. heck it was. Like, <laughs> wow. I can't even describe what it was. <laughs> then that's when. And then the another box was just nothing but like pulled pork with no sauce. And I don't oh. think it had much seasoning either. It was just bland pulled pork. Yeah. But I gave a know. four once. The very first time I judged, I, get, I did give a four. But that's because I couldn't even swallow the meat. It had tasted like lighter fluid. And and the table captain did their part. I mean, they were like, "Why are you giving this a four? Can you explain yourself?" I said, "I can't. I can't swallow this. It's just like it tastes like they poured lighter fluid on it." And he's like, "Okay, that's fair." Yeah. So, yeah. How many like- sanctioning bodies have you cooked for? Um, two KCBS and SCA, so the State Cookoff Association. But I haven't okay. done any of the other barbecue associations. Okay. So what's what's SCA like to cook? Do you prefer it over KCBS or is it just uh, different? I prefer KCBS meat. I prefer SCA. Well, I wouldn't say I have a preference, but I like SCA ancillary. SCA steak and I don't get along. I've been last so many times. I've been second to last so many times. I don't, I really don't get it. There's something about it. I mean, it looks fine. It's shaped fine. It's usually medium rare like it's supposed to be. I, I don't know what it is about my flavors. Friends I've talked to who do really well, they said, well, that you just have to have more pop. And I'm like, how much more MSG can I put on this piece of meat? But <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's not, even though we do so much manipulation with KCBS, with chicken and all that stuff, I feel like SCA is just really, really manipulated. And there's very little creativity in mm-hmm. the steak. But the ancillaries, I absolutely love because they're so much, that's when I can like be myself and think outside the box. And I'm actually going to the world championships for SCA next month. I'm, I qualified for that in ancillaries. So nice. yeah. And last year, I think I tied for 11th in ancillaries at worlds. So have you, your steak needs more marshmallows. Um, have you thought <laughs> Maybe. about, have you thought about the rib cook off association that we've been hearing everything about? Have you um, thought about I've heard about it. 
Um, yeah, we'll see. It, mainly it's going to depend on how much it comes to the West Coast, honestly, because I'm not going to I'm not going to probably hook up the trailer and take the whole family to a far competition yet for something like that. Um, yeah. But if it's if it's out West, I'll yeah, I'll give it a whirl at least once, probably. Well, like that's one thing with like the steak cook off. I like. I feel like I like the rules and some of the stuff for SCA and even this new rib cook-off association better than some of the stuff with KCBS. But I mm-hmm. like the KCBS certified judges and the mm-hmm. certain things, how that's ran. Yeah. I and SCA has certified judges because I'm a certified judge for the SCA also, and I've judged comps. Um and it's so funny though, because the in, the intent of the original when it started with SCA was like you show up with your tent and your Weber kettle or whatever else, and you cook a steak and you know a couple hours, and you pack up and you go home. Well, now these teams are getting their trailers too, just like we do for you know KCBS, and it's it's definitely expanded. I've actually hosted, um, I promoted a couple SCA comps in Vegas with Bama Q, and um, actually it was the biggest SCA in the West Coast. Um, and yeah, it was it was wild. How many teams were like, "I need space for a trailer." <laughs> I was like, "This used to just be a ten by ten game," but I guess KCBS used to be that way too. So, oh yeah, well that's what you think of when you think of an SCA. You think, okay, I can throw a drum or a grill on the back of a truck and a table yeah. and a pop up, and that's all I need. Yeah, but it makes me also kind of wonder. You're talking about the flavor. I wonder if because you're only getting steak and it's such a like everything, everybody cooks it is why it has to have so much flavor to kind of yeah. set you apart from, it, I don't know. 100%. Never- yeah, it ha- it has to pop. It has to stand out. And being a judge, I know that. I mean, I know the bites that I really am like, oh, man, it's satiating. And, you know, that and, and then mine is probably like a good steak you'd have for dinner, but not not a, you know, one that pops and stands out. So I recognize that. But it's again, it's not I, I don't really have the passion to perfect that like I yep. do to perfect KCBS. So here's here's a question. I don't I'm I like competition food when I'm judging, but I don't like to eat it in my whole arsenal. <laughs> do you would would you eat competition your competition barbecue all the time in your backyard or do you just like to prefer some backyard I would eat my competition ribs and my competition um brisket. But I, I, but I still don't make them like that at home. I guess, well, my ribs, I kind of make like that at home. I, I just don't inject. I don't take the time to inject my ribs when I'm at home. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't make the chicken at home just because it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I rarely, I mean, I rarely eat it at the competitions. I honestly, I take my bites. I'm like, okay, that's good. Or that's not good today. My family hoards around with friends and we eat all the pieces that are there. And, and then I don't, I don't ever make it again at home. I don't. I don't practice at home um, very often, um, and maybe I should. I'd do better, but I just – I have a formula and a timeline, and occasionally I'll, like, alter some rubs or, you know, if I go to a competition class, maybe I learn something new and I try something. But I have been known to try things for the first time at comps, to try grills for the first time at comps. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have <laughs> – have fun with it. That's pretty courageous, especially a new girl. <laughs> yeah. I took a Traeger to a comp once in uh, Wendover, Nevada. They don't have that comp anymore, but I caught it on fire. I got the drill bit like 
into the auger. It was a mess. Cause I took out that there's like that protective plate. So you don't stick your hand in the hopper box and get it stuck in the auger. And I was like, this is dumb. And so I took it out and the drill bit dropped in and then it was all tilted. So all the grease was going towards the fire pot instead of, but fortunately I had a, a WSM with me as a backup and I had that rolling. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that was an experience. I don't cook with pellets like comps anymore, but um, that, that was way in the beginning. <laughs> that was way in the beginning of my cycle. How many comps do you think you've done over the course of your cooking career? I don't know. I'd have to go to the barbecue town. I don't know, 20 maybe. There's not a lot in uh, on the West Coast. So I and, – and then COVID hit. Like I had a plan to do um, – 10 a year and then that just that just didn't happen let's see i've done oh i've done 35 contests it says on here that's pretty good for so, i'm yeah. hoping that if the chiefs win again that maybe that's what caused covid the first time so maybe it'll be like a time <laughs> where people just eliminate covid because it's the same team playing in the same <laughs> i thought you were gonna say that would have covid again i'm like no. <laughs> no i'm hoping you'll get rid of it like yeah there you go um, <laughs> so what's the craziest thing you've ever cooked on any grill or smoker? Hmm. I mean, alligator is not even crazy anymore. I cooked no. it like forever ago. Um, I don't know. I, it's not, oh, it's not crazy either. I mean, I cooked quail a couple of weeks ago. We had a, a competition in Nevada. Um, just our local association had one called game on and they gave us mystery meat and they gave us bison tenderloin quail and then salmon which wasn't that wild but um i don't know i mean i bake on the grill all the time i bake cupcakes i bake brownies um but now now that people have pellet grills that's not crazy either like it's it used to be like and that's honestly how i got started grilling is i had a grill and i was like i wonder if i can make this outside on the grill and so i would mm -hmm. bring cakes out there and stuff because i like to bake a lot um and that was way before that was a gas grill, actually. You know, that was before pellet grills. But now with pellet grills, like, a lot of people bake on grills. So that's not so crazy. I don't know. I've never done snake. I've never done squirrel. Well, I was at an event where we cooked squirrel, but I didn't, I wasn't in charge of the cooking. But, yeah. I don't know. How about you guys? What's the strangest thing you guys I have cooked? Either beef, beef heart was pretty one I've done. Oh, was, yeah. Or deer loin, but that's not really that crazy anymore. But, yeah, beef heart. We had one in the freezer. I'm like, I'll give it a try. Not. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to cut up. It's weird. To, yeah. It was just, I don't know. The thing yeah. I had, as I was trying to eat it, I couldn't get past just all the compartments. <laughs> yeah. Brian I've been in an event there. where somebody cooked one and it was. Oh, come on. Tofu, man. I did a tofu <laughs> shish kebab. <laughs> that beats ostrich legs every day. <laughs> just, I just can't get past what tofu looks like to try to eat it. <laughs> well it looks like a block yeah. <laughs> yeah i assume it was firm tofu not soft tofu <laughs> it was extra firm yes yeah Stewart could go through it and we're it's good yeah. yeah you also made the vegetarian hot dogs on the grill too mm. the, i've done that yeah long looking things yep yep have you made a vegetarian burger yep yep Bottom cooked them, made them myself, figured out a quinoa black bean recipe, which is pretty good, actually. Hmm. So you may have to start a uh, we might have to start a separate playlist on the YouTube for the uh, vegan recipes. Yeah, I've done smoked jackfruit before. I mean, <laughs> ooh, I've eaten it. I haven't smoked it. That sounds good, though. 
Yeah, just treat mm. it like pulled pork. I mean, obviously not completely like pulled pork, but mix it with the sauce, throw it in a pan on the smoker and just like let it cook and yeah. Yeah. Shred it up with he, your forks. He's more the vegetables and the sides person. <laughs> I I I don't if if it was up to me and if it wasn't for my wife, we wouldn't have sides. Like I would just come in with a whole chicken or ribs and that's what we'd eat. Yeah. I don't I don't do sides. I don't do that's, potatoes. That's honestly where we're we do meat and carbs, like usually white rice, the white sticky rice, but um or pasta. But yeah, yeah I, but I need more vegetables in my life. <laughs> I'm the you want to see it? You send me the recipe. Let's try it out. Nice. I, I eat green beans and that's about it. So there you go. <laughs> if it's not meat and potatoes or carbs, I'm, I don't really eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what is the strangest thing that you've been able to use a barbecue rub on that's not barbecue? Like for instance, Brian has a pineapple chipotle rub that is amazing in ramen noodles. So, oh, okay. So like I was gonna say it sounds like good. That. that would be really good in fried rice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put my Mexican rub in coleslaw. It's really good. Okay. So do you have um, anything like that with a rub that you've tried that you're like, well, that's pretty good. I don't know why nothing's coming to mind. I feel like I've probably put it on ice cream just to try it, but I, um, well, I will tell you, okay, I'll tell you what, it's not a rub, but it's like a raspberry chipotle sauce, like the blues hog raspberry chipotle mm -hmm. sauce. If you put that on, on bread with peanut butter and you put it in the pan, like you would do a grilled cheese and put Doritos in the middle of it. It's so good. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. okay. I can so. see that. Challenge accepted. Nice. Next YouTube video, Brian. There you go. You were looking for something cheesy, new. Cheesy crunch. The, uh, there was a restaurant that I went to in Kansas, actually, in Manhattan, and they, they did a grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then they also had a black bean raspberry chipotle dip with smoked garlic cream cheese. And I used to get both of those and then just kind of like dunk my peanut butter and jelly in that raspberry chipotle. And I was like, this is a great combination. And I don't know why. I've always put Doritos on my peanut butter and jelly. Doritos or Cheetos. I just like the crunch. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I, I put Doritos in my salad, so I, I understand the crunch. Yeah. It's like I put sunflower kernels in my cottage cheese with, with my cottage cheese for the crunch. Okay, the I put them on my yogurt. Yeah, yep. that's good. Well, Brian, do you have anything else for her for the night? I, I want to know what that I don't know. Is that a, a, a Big Mac balloon? What? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, so it's a it's a raft. It's a pool toy. But when yeah. I held, when I promoted the SCA, the Vegas SCA here with BamaQ, we had a uh, I don't remember what it was called, but like some mega burger competition, monster burger. That's what it was called. Challenge um, as an ancillary where you had to make the wildest burger that you could think of. Like, and I think I think Kyle from your behind barbecue one, and his was like stacked like shack style with a beef rib on top and it was crazy um but that was part of the photo op is i just had this with the with big big backdrop i love it yeah. I and love i'm not it. deflating it because it was a i have a hot dog behind it because the next year we did a hot dog a high roller hot dog contest but nice but yeah. how do you how do you even begin to tackle one of those to eat it if it's like that um i think that competition I don't think we did actually have food sampling. I think that one was just a crazy, the monster burger one, I think was just a crazy competition. Like make it as wild as you can make it. Oh, okay. The, uh, the hot dog one though, we did. Cause the hot dog one actually counted as an SCA ancillary. The other one was just a made for TV kind of entry. Okay. Do you unhinge your jaw like a snake to try to eat that? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so how many comps are you planning for this year? Um, I always start the year hoping for 10. I've done, I think one so far I've got one in, well, I've done, I've done one KCBS and one backyard. Cause our, like I said, our Nevada barbecue association, they hold comps every now and then. So I'll do those too. Um, and then I've got one in two weeks in Yuma, Arizona. Um, I don't know. It, it yeah, it just kind of depends, but I shoot for 10. Um, last year, I think I probably only did like five or six, but I had some yeah. medical stuff I had to deal with. So. Yep. Yeah. How do you get qualified for the world food championships? I don't even know anymore. I haven't done that one in several years. I know you can win a golden ticket. Like they have these separate events at like famous Dave's where you compete like a few people and then whoever wins that gets a golden ticket. I don't know if there's any other comps that do that or not, but I have <laughs> like I said, I haven't cooked that since 2014. So yeah. 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 So well, what, whenever you want to get rid of the smokers, just let us know. We'll we'll drive. <laughs> I forgot. Where are you guys based out of? Are you Illinois? Or We're Missouri, KC, Missouri, okay. KC. Okay. We're so not far. <laughs> so what's your favorite barbecue restaurant that you've ever been to or tried? Oh, gosh. I get asked this question all the time, and I feel like the worst friend of barbecue because I don't eat at barbecue restaurants <laughs> because I – um make barbecue all the time. So when I go out to eat, I don't always like to eat a barbecue, but I, yeah, I would say that, um, I don't, I don't really know. I don't have a good answer. I mean, I know that I've had, I've had great barbecue and I know like even salt, Lake barbecue was great back when I lived in Texas. And I know people will say that it's not necessarily the same as other barbecue restaurants. Um, we just recently went to, um, uh, Evie Mays when we drove through Texas, that was really good. Jesse Ray's here in Vegas is good. So is um, Fox Smokehouse Barbecue in Vegas. Um, I've had great barbecue from pitmasters who have restaurants like Swig and Swine out of South Carolina. I've done several events with him and had his barbecue and it's amazing. So I, someday I hope to actually go to his restaurant. Um, and then Chad White's place up in um, Spokane, Washington. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's TT's Brewhouse maybe. That His place is really yummy his turkey was phenomenal. It was one of the best barbecue turkeys I've had. Um, and then, yeah, I lived in Kansas for a while, but I honestly wasn't really into the barbecue scene when I lived there. That was like 20 something years ago. Um, so it was before I was really into all of this. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I unfortunately didn't sample as much as I should have when I lived there. Now, what do you do for a hobby since this obviously <laughs> can't be a hobby anymore. <laughs> I know this used to be it. Um, we like to go camping, although now all of our camping trips really are barbecue trips. Like we just take the RV and, and that's our trip. So, um, that hanging out with the dogs, my husband, um, I like crafting. I like, um, I don't know. I just kind of like, I like to chill anymore, work in the yard, that kind of stuff. But, but really just being outside. I like to, I used to be a park ranger. So I used to we used to go visit national, different national parks all the time. Um, that would be fun. Yeah. But now all our time off, or my husband's time off, we just go to barbecue competitions. <laughs> I, I mean, why not? That. You're, you're going to take a trailer and cook them on a barbecue anyway, so yeah. do a comp. <laughs> yeah. Might as well be in a parking lot. Yeah. Going to the Jack was fun. because The first year we went to the Jack, we didn't give ourselves enough days, and we kind of just like race to get there but this year we were a lot smarter we added a couple days on and so we would just drive for like six hours and then stop at a campground and just like you know chill out and barbecue and look at the stars and so that that was much more enjoyable this time mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think we, and we hit more states too. I've, I've already been to all 50 states and um, 22 different countries, but with wow. the trailer, like every time we go to a different state, we like put a little sticker on our trailer. So we made sure that yeah. we dropped down to Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi. And, nice. Yes. Do, you, do you ever sit in your garden in the backyard and look over at the Hunsaker and be like, wonder what that would look like fired up and just <laughs> go fired up? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Usually, yeah. The, my my orange ones, my orange honeys, they always stay in the trailer. Um, yeah. That's part of the reason. So I don't know if you've if you've seen them online, but if you see them in person, they look brand new. My husband waxes them and washes them, and um, people always joke. They're like, "Oh, did you just get these?" And it's like they they're taken care of like a classic car um, on the on the outside anyway. On the inside, they're you know all used up. Um, but my other drums don't get that much love. <laughs> <laughs> my, my other cookers, I should say. Don't what Mark was saying last weekend, he's like, yeah, she waxes them and cleans <laughs> them. And yeah, yeah. He does. I, I can't take any credit for that. He he does. But it's it's so funny because like if you come to a comp and like you'll you'll lean, you know, people lean on it and want to talk to you. He's always like, because <gasps> he keeps them like so shiny and new. <laughs> That's hilarious. You should yeah. get like police tape. Do not cross and just put it around <laughs> the drums. Right. <laughs> well, and you know, well, I guess you guys haven't cooked on a bit of comp yet, but you've cooked on drums. Like so many people who haven't seen drums before, they'll just walk up and like open the lid and go, mm -hmm. oh, what is this? and it's like, Ugh. and then I, I keep tags on my drums that have the temperature. They're like the tags you would buy at a garage sale because my father-in-law and my husband will just keep an eye on the temps while I'm doing all the rest of the stuff. Cause I do all the cooking of all four meats. So they just monitor the temps to make sure that I don't have a sudden spike or something or, you know, something drop. So I have learned to put tags on them that say like 275 or 325 or whatever temperature the drum's supposed to be at. People walk up all the time. They're like, Oh, this is only $275. I'm like, no, <laughs> they're like, I was ready to buy it today. I was like, no, no, that's what I, uh, I, took, <laughs> I took my drum to work one day and the, got somebody about threw trash in it. They're like, I thought it was a trash can. I'm oh, like, geez. No. <laughs> uh, well, that's well, Brian, do you have anything else before we let her go? I'm good. I'm good. It was a great interview. Yes, interrogation. Thank interrogation. <laughs> thank you for coming on. We enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, anytime we can talk it. barbecue. Um, if you want, like I said, uh, your website was girlscangrill.com. Um, and I'm sure all social media is girls can grill also. What, what all social media are you on? Yep. So everything, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, threads, X, uh, Reddit occasionally, but, um, LinkedIn occasionally, but yeah, all the big ones. And then I also just dropped a podcast, um, in January it's called barbecue tips, which streams on all the audio platforms. It's also on YouTube now. Um, and just this week we started, uh, streaming it on embers TV, so you can pick it up there too. So it's a video version and then audio version as well. Does embers cost money or is that free? Um, my like stream for free for you, for you to put it on there. Um, like, did I pay them to put it on there? Yeah. You're asking, oh, I'm not going to go into those details. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you can watch it for free because it, it streams for free everywhere else. So they have oh, a, cool. a paid service. It's, um, you can use my code girls can grow and get 30% off of your first year. But if you pay for this service, you get to see all sorts of other programming, but mine, mine streams for free since it's already. Okay. Yeah. Well, any sponsors you want to shout out? 
Um, I've been a cowboy ambassador, cowboy charcoal for years now. Um, love work, love cooking with their charcoal and Huntsaker's not a sponsor, but he's family and, and yeah, can't say enough about them. And then I cook with snake river farms, as I mentioned on the competition circuit with my brisket. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, it was great talking barbecue and we'll let you enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.